1: Hello everyone and welcome back to my podcast, my name is Darren Connell and this is Straight White Whale, we are on episode 33, unbelievable, and this is a very warm sunny day in Glasgow today, that warm we've got the podcast studio door opened, so if any mad Glaswegian wildlife walk past the door, they might be a wee bit confused, so... (laughs) But the door needs to be opened because it's fucking roasting, man. Uh, Even outside, it's roasting. Um, So before we get into the podcast, I want to give the sponsor a shout out. I've took a couple of notes. It's Mr. Junk. Mr. Junk is a waste removal business based in Glasgow, run by my good friend Ross. So if you've not got a car and you can't take your rubbish to the skip, or if you just can't be bothered, get in touch with Mr. Junk. He can remove garden rubbish, uh, stuff that's in your loft, waste, anything at all. All the information will pop up on the screen when you click into the podcast. The link and his poster and his number will be there. So if you can't be bothered or if you're just busy, get in touch. and He'll sort out your junk.
2: Perfect man what I love about and um, this is not, I don't do the sponsors. So, but Glasgow City Council are a fucking joke. Yes. And I live in, uh, I've got like, I put out like fucking, I I don't know why, I'm just a fucking messy bastard, I think, but I put out like fucking four or five bags a week and I've got one wheelie bin. And they they only empty my wheelie bin once a fortnight. So every week, bit of money, somebody comes, Mr. Junk, takes your bags away, takes something to dump you. It's a fucking lifesaver. You don't get rats. Well, I stay in a tenement mm-hmm. and there's rats and all sorts if the the bins just lie there. And uh, I may I, I use the service for just general. It's not even like couches and obviously it'll take away like couches and TVs and all the household stuff. Even just like the council don't fucking come and take your garden waste. Yeah. I use shit like that. Yeah, uh, sort of private uh, people like Mr. Junk. So uh, it comes in handy, mate.
1: And that's why businesses like mr junk are doing so well now Aye. and that's why they're so popular because the Glasgow city council are a bit shite mm-hmm. so i've used i've not used mr junk i've used a similar business and it's easy it's just like an uber but for rubbish if that makes sense Aye. i got an uber here the day because it was too hot and the <laughs> guy gave us a sweetie mm. i was like i'll give him a pound tip for that But then that pound probably paid for the bag of sweets. It's a cycle of pure.
2: What kind of sweetie was it?
1: It was a sugar-free Wethers.
2: Original? uh, Yeah.
1: Which I also found out the other night. I don't know how it happened. I dropped one in my coffee. Wee bit of milk. Banging. Unbelievable. Toffee latte. Aye. To the point (laughs) that I was like texting my mates. Oh my God, man. You need to go to the shop, right? Get Wethers Originals everybody's married with careers and jobs and i'm like no 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 <laughs> get amazon prime on weather know so this is episode 33 it's been a week since i've been last in i want to thank everybody for the comments a lot of people are getting in touch man it's a wee community we've built a wee community here That's it's nice very one. very good um i know that we've got a toxic relationship well me towards you. <laughs> Fuck okay. I, I'm in, I'm in love with you madly. <laughs> it's news to me. <laughs> I'm madly in love with you, Paul. You've got a girlfriend. You've got a career, and I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, idolise me. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I feel like a horrendous cuck. <laughs>
2: it doesn't get to
1: watch me shagging. I wouldn't. Eat, that's how much of a cuck I am, though. I wouldn't even watch you shag. I'd like go and make tea and all <laughs> that while you're shagging. You would get. The, you would get the
2: post nut. Fucking <laughs> refreshment ready for
1: us. So it's been a week since I've seen you. A week since we've done the podcast. How have you been, mate?
2: I've been good, mate. What's been going on the last fucking week, man? Um, I was at I was at a Blind Boy Podcast Live last night at the O2 Academy.
1: Is that the Irish dude? That mm-hmm.
2: was a polybagney seed. Yes. Interesting look. Oh, yep. Great, uh, great podcast. Um, he's very insightful um and it was a uh, daddy mcgarvey was the the guest and the conversation was fucking absolutely top notch um but the O two academy it was like um general admission but seated and i was just like really couldn't they put a fucking seat number in row in it do you know what i mean and just so we know where we're fucking sitting yeah it's a free-for-all during the interval i came back and there was two guys in the seats that mean
1: my missus were fucking oh, sitting for on for fuck's sake What's so the t- deal with the bar? Was the bar opened? No,
2: the bar was closed during the performance. Um, but they they sold two pint like fucking like fucking two pint cup of beer. Yeah. Like what the fuck, man? I didn't even know that you could fucking sell. Did you um, have a couple? No, no, not at all, mate. I was out at the, Oh fuck man, I was out at the weekend. We could we could talk about that after I fucking um uh talk about last night, but Went back to the seats, two guys sitting there, and I'm like, oh. like, guys, I know we don't have tickets and all that, but that's my jacket. We were sitting there, and the guy was like, one of the guys was looking at me like pure, oh, no. And Another guy was like, well, would you want me today? And I was like, go out my fucking seat. That's what I fucking want you today, you prick. And the two of them were just like, okay, big man, and just like toddled off. Fanny. sat down and felt terrible.
1: But help your terrible man <laughs> fuck it that's what they get clibi <laughs> feathers get your arse tickled
2: well i suppose but i mean it was a fucking i left my jacket no even like hanging over the back of the seat like you would normally i put my jacket over the seat like actually over covering the seat so uh-huh. they moved my jacket and sat down it's like come on hey, fuck. it was sold out as well so all the seats were taken so they've been stoning up the back, waiting for the interval, and then, I don't know, man, probably looked at me and thought I was a fucking fanny, to be fair. I, I get that a lot, shit. mate. I get that. I get that quite a bit. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, they'll look at me, people look at me and be like, he looks like a big hipster. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just like, don't fuck with me. It might and then, be the
1: beard. I think it is, mate. They look at the beard and they do that. That cunt eats fucking... He's a vegan. Aye. Or, oh, what's the other shit? Brisket. <laughs> he he says he subscribes to brisket YouTube channels. Aye. Fuck him. Craft beer lover. And they don't realise that you're unhinged. And- I'm a <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs>
2: That's a joke. That's a joke. But no, I went out at the weekend, right? And um oh. I'm not a big drinker. Aye. Like I'm no I'm not sober, but I am sober. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like um I don't drink a lot. And I went out on Saturday night. Uh, my missus was away up to Inverness for a rave, and I decided to have a wee wild weekend to myself. I went out with a couple of old mates and get so fucked, man. It was unreal. Steaming? Like, oh, mate. I must have drank. I had three pints of like light beer, mm-hmm. like to ease myself in. Because the way that I like to sort of deal with a night out now is see all this, like we'll do this and we'll do that. I kind of be fucked with that because it never works out. The place where these are planning on going turn up, it's too full, you want to go somewhere else, So I'm just like, let's just meet somewhere, and we'll just go off the cuff, see if we go somewhere, and we have a couple of pints, and somebody's deciding I'm not feeling it, and they want to get him. that's fine, Let's uh-huh. no plan this mental night, and it's always, like, really good, it means, like, you, like, have a sort of more relaxed time, but I had, like, three, um, three pints of, like, sort of 4% lager, and then, one of my mates was pure, I'm gonna go and get a packet of cigarettes, and I'm just, like, I'm an ex-smoker, so when I have a drink, I'm like, get, get the fucking, get the club, Club fucking Marlborough Red, like pure inject the fucking nicotine into my veins. So I must have drank, we went for there, we went to Slouch on Bath Street. I must have had 10 white Russians. Easy. So I had three pints, this is me having no drank any sort of substantial amount of alcohol in well over a year. I had fucking three pints of lager, with 10 white Russians and smoked for a full pack of cigarettes. So I woke up on Sunday, mate, I was fucking dead dying i must have vomited about fucking 10 times before i could muster up the energy to go and get food which was the savior and then mate i'm i'm waking up in sweats even this morning fucking friday i was at last saturday night and i'm still waking up pure i feel Uh. fucked man shows you how much alcohol pure affects you it fucks you i was thinking last week last night when i was at uh, the o2 academy and my missus was like do you want to get a beer and i was like "Ah, do you know what man I, think I might be done with it. Yeah. Like, Aye. fully done with it, unless it is like a pint in a beer garden on a sunny day. And, and yeah. like, see, other than that, see the binge drinking. Shh, mate, I was disgusted on Sunday. I was absolutely disgusted. Yeah. So, Hangover um, from hell. And I'm still hungover. Yeah. I woke up this morning, I still had a wee bit of sore head. I woke up yesterday morning, I was covered in sweat, and I'm like, what's going on?
1: And I'm like, Fucks your diet, fucks your sleep, fucks your skin. The dark thought center. That's All what right. happened to me the last time I had a drink. I had a week hangover, a week long hangover. And then I went out for a cura. And after the cura, I was like, ah, nah, man. I am done. With it, po- it
2: does it poison you. It's a poison. It that is. That's what I said to my missus on Sunday. She was texting me. She was coming home from Vernes. And um, she was like, how do you feel? I was like, I poisoned myself last night. Literally, yeah. there's, there's no other way to actually say it. It's just green water that I'm fucking puking up. There's yes. nothing in my stomach. And every time I lay down, I just like pure I'm gonna fucking puke again. I was just stunning pure. So yeah. Aye man. I think it's like well, I'll tell you what, like I'm not finished with alcohol, I'm finished abusing it. Yeah. But then what I did have a thought about is like what do you do with your mates on a sort of do you know what I mean? Like, how do you how do you still have that social life? and connection to people that really want that really enjoy doing that that enjoy going out and
1: abusing alcohol your your friends get used to it um i had a couple of non-alcohol heineken's after a while see if you just announce to your pals that you're not going to drink they get used to it And, and for the first couple of months or weeks it's weird and you always get that oh have a drink have a shandy see all that shit eventually goes and even my pals, who were the biggest pain in the arsees regarding that stuff, don't even say to me, like, oh, do you miss it? Or that kind of shit. So that doesn't happen. So, good times ahead.
2: Well, mate, I've I've no drink with any sort of regularity for about eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. But what I do have is what happened on Saturday. Like, if I'm going to go out for a drink, it goes one or two ways. I have a couple of drinks and I tend to have a pint, like just have a pint and I, I find myself getting tired and I want to just go home and get a munch or I put my foot on the fucking accelerator and it's yeah. just like a ridiculous amount of alcohol is consumed. Yeah, Um, I mean, 10 shots of vodka and three pints of beer might be nothing to some people, mm-hmm. mate, fucked me
1: up. Don't remember getting him a fuck all. Did you enjoy it? Did you have a good night? I had a great
2: night, mate. Yeah. I had a fucking
1: great night. You must've needed it, mate. You worked very hard. And you work hard, I mean you aye, work but very I hard. don't know
2: if that's an excuse to actually just go out and fucking harm yourself. And what I'm saying, I think I need to it's for a certain section of friends, it's either I don't see them or we go my drink. And I think I need to figure out what what can I do with these people that isn't going out and just beving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe go for a game of pool or
1: axe throwing. Bowling or aye or <laughs> shit that, but you're like that. all that shit that wasn't about when we were younger. Escape rooms. Aye. <laughs> Laser Quest, remember that? Oh mate, I loved Laser Quest. Right, we've got a list here that I would like to go through, and hopefully we can get through it and maybe get something for TikTok. Nice, because so, yeah. anytime we are putting a clip up, it's going well. Um, maybe the uncle story last week never went as well as <laughs> hmm. a bit dark. <laughs> it never went as well as the comedy ones, but everybody was like, "Fucking hell, mate, that's grim as fuck." Hope you're all right i was like i find it funny
2: i thought that the reaction that you got in social media in general other than tiktok like the instagram post the twitter post and stuff i thought there was loads of reaction to that so yeah maybe the tiktoks for like short funny bits but if there's any sort of like more serious stuff we can use it on twitter and and instagram or
1: whatever actually i'm kind of blown away with my social media recently the random acts of kindness of complete strangers that have seen me do stand-up or listen to the podcast. Um, Last week I was really stressed about Greenock. I've done Greenock on Friday, let's talk about that. And the build-up to it was p- possibly one of the most stressful and depressing experiences of my life. Um, it caused, I don't know if he's watched it last week, but my neck seized up, like completely seized up. I had to come into the studio now, me and Paul, like I class me and Paul as mates now, but like I went and my neck was fucked. We're setting up a podcast studio and I'm like, Paul, can you grab my neck and just squeeze it? Like like squeezing the pressure out my neck. I was so like tense. tense up, I. So I booked a massage after that. Um and I went up to a place in Woodland Road called Woodlands Herbs and Spices. And it's right beside Mrs. Falafel and the guy was getting us a ma- a massage and i was greeting like the the pressure was just so much but it was like relief mm-hmm. it wasn't pain i was just like thank fuck Aye. he's getting in about this so i and i went <clears throat> on my social media last week uh ticket sales weren't very good to be honest um it's been quite a stressful experience when stuff that is no working and it's no your fault mm-hmm. do you know what i mean Aye. like so everything that i was supposed to do i'd done and then people that are supposed to be helping me are no helping me Aye. Mm-hmm. and it led for me to have this mini breakdown on my social media last week and flat out just say ticket sales are terrible and um, no posters have been put up wasn't it the venue's fault it wasn't greenock's fault mm-hmm. beacon arts center was absolutely lovely the venue was stunning the manager was amazing with me she was a lovely person and the gig ended up amazing but see when you're giving somebody 20 percent to kind of work with you and they're not working with you it was just a horrible experience mm-hmm. but when i tweeted look ticket sales are not going that well how are, how are they supposed to go well when there's no posters in the town and no promotion no promotion aye so In my term, I think it went viral. I mean, people were, see the amount of retweets it got? It was 100 seats. I think I sold about 60 tickets. Considering there was absolutely no promotion whatsoever, Uh and that was just through my social media, I was blown away with it. See, if I had a team behind me that supported me for day one, that would have sold
2: out. I 100% agree with you, mate. It would have sold out.
1: Plus i don't i mean i'm not caring if it sells out financially it's just i need a crowd and it was such a lovely gig man see i went up and uh it was so weird it's such a weird experience paul because see before it i'm like shaking i'm scared i feel sick my nerves right and then i get on stage and i just do that and it's just amazing and then after stage i'm back to fucking being a gargoyle Uh but scott <laughs> scott agnew was my support act i asked him to asked him to do 20 minutes and he was a bit of a greedy boy he done 30 minutes but that's all right i don't mind because he was funny as fuck mm-hmm. and i'm still paying him the same as well so i'm like do whatever you want mate and he was funny as fuck so see the support that i got from like you friends social media people and people that are in the comedy circuit, it was unbelievable. Right. So that's restored my faith in humanity. And it's took away a, a wee bitterness that I had. Like, how come things are no working out for me? Or how come I'm not getting that? Or how come I don't get a chance when really people support you, man, and people love you? Mm-hmm. It's just that people are always, li- they're living their life and they're caught up in their own shit. Just like I'm caught up in my own shit. But when you truly need help, people will help you, man. I think that the bigger point of that
2: is is that, see, if you truly do need help, you need to ask for it. Like you're saying, Like everybody that you know has got their own shit going on, and they don't live inside your head. You know what's going on in your life, and you're hoping that somebody pops their head up and goes, I'll help, when I think the reality of the world. Do I think that this is right? I mean, right or wrong on this? The reality is, is that sometimes you need to be like, "I'm struggling." Now, last week you were saying, "I'm struggling to sell tickets to this gig," and it's no your fault because the promotion just never fucking happened. Um, but to to feel that sort of like response for people that you know and don't know, yeah. More importantly, I think um, is incredible and go for like what, what we're talking, fucking under thirty tickets sold at the start of a week. Couple of posts on a social on your social media to doubling the ticket sales and like you're saying, if a poster had went up a couple of weeks earlier, the gig would have probably fucking sold it. I think that's amazing, and it mm. must be so reassuring to you to be like, right, fuck, yeah, you know what I mean. You don't need, you don't need to get twenty percent, no, to someday to book the beacon. You could just date yourself and promote it yourself. Yeah. And make sure that the posters go.
1: Especially somebody that doesn't give a fuck. And again, I need to stress the Beacon Art Centre was one hundred percent amazing with me. But it was like it was like a form of Chinese whispers. So like the the guy that I'm supposed to be working with is no communicating with me. He's no communicating with the venue. So me and the venue are like that to each other. What's happening? We are starting to get annoyed with each other because it's this guy's fault. Mm-hmm. But the Beacon, I'm no bad-mouthing the Beacon. It was a beautiful venue. If I ever get a chance to go back, I will return. Um, it was lovely, man. And it was a great gig as well. Like, uh, I, what a start. It was just such a lovely start. And it was the same night as Ed Sheeran and stuff. So it was like, get carnage to get 60 people in was was good
2: a good result how did the actual gig go like your performance and the crowd reaction and stuff do
1: you know it was quite funny right see because of the lack of promotion Mm -hmm. um not because of the beacon uh obviously it's a betty white reference right so there's a golden girls poster there's nothing really that says anything about the show apart from bobby from scott squad Right. So I genuinely, there was a lot of gay people there, right? <laughs> really? Scott Agnew's Scott, gay, right? Aye, of course, Scott right. right. Scott, like a
2: pure Scottish comedy aye. gay icon.
1: So he had gay mates there, but I think there was a couple of gay people there just because they thought it was like a Golden Girls thing. And I think maybe they <laughs> thought it was like a drag night or something, right? So I went up, there was a lot of Scott Squad fans there as well, expecting Bobby. And I went up and I was in absolute relentless just dark humor i don't want to give away my material but like complete opposite of bobby the scott squad uh-huh. and but don't get me wrong people uh really enjoyed it and it was such a mixed bunch such a like gay guys old women um army there was a couple of army veterans there. And there was a, a full blown smackhead in there as well, Gouching at the back. So I your people then. That's the type of <laughs> crowd that I get. <laughs> but I, it was amazing. And if you're if you're listening and you've been, I want to thank you for coming. I also just want to thank people in general for being nice. Thank you for being my friend. But see my mates doing you know all that. Some of your mates, they are fucking tits in man. I'm in a WhatsApp group right with mm-hmm. my pals and. See when you're going through something that stressful, that's when horrible thoughts enter your head. Mm-hmm. Like thoughts that are no normal. Like, why am I doing this? Should have got a trade. I should get a real job. I'm not good enough. All that type of stuff.
2: through the throllies.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And when I'm saying this during a group chat, saying nobody's retweeting my stuff, nobody's helping me, my mate's just like, it'll be alright. Just get on with it. It'll be funny. And then he changed the subject by saying, "Does anybody um, judge me for still liking Kevin Spacey?" Because you can say what you want, right? But see, House of Cards, House of Cards was fucking brilliant, <laughs> and I'm like that ah, with my phone. Ah, <laughs> ah.
2: It takes a certain, <laughs> I mean, it takes a certain type of psychopath to hear about a. Uh, uh, a world-renowned actor raping children and think, oh, no, that means the next season of House of Cards is going to be fucked. Yeah. That's a psycho. Like, I would say to your mate, I don't know who that is, seek help. Aye, seek help.
1: I, seek help. <laughs> I mean, he won't listen to the podcast, but I've got other pals I know that, I know they try to be nice, but they're just like, you you just got to get on with it, didn't you? Mm. My, my brother's like that, right? Swear to God, my brother's like that. Uh, I remember, no Jerry, my uncle that died. It was Jerry's brother died, right? Right. And when he died, everybody was gutted, right? I think I've said this on a podcast. I swear to God, man, the cunt wasn't even in the coffin yet, and my brother was like, "Ah, could be worse." Like eh? right. what? His body's not even cold yet, man.
2: How could it? How could it be worse for your uncle? is dead?
1: He does it all the time, but like during COVID, I lost my hair. I lost all my income, thirteen grand's worth of work or something. Back in with my man, my dad, uh, weight gain, and he's like that. But at least you've not got any wins. And um, there's a guy in my work. that has got a BMW, and he can't pay his BMW off. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. You give a fuck about some fat random cunt? In your work that I've never met in my life. I hope his fucking BMW explodes, man. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> about K Packs, Kevin Spacey, have you seen K Packs?
2: Who's, who's K Packs?
1: It's a film when he's an alien no. and he eats a full banana and it, unpeeled. An unpeeled <laughs> banana. That's the only thing I kind of, when Remember? people talk about Kevin Spacey, I'm like, well, they ate a fucking banana with the peel still on. Obviously, he's a beast. <laughs> And he enjoyed it as well. Did they actually do it? Aye. Ugh. I've got a... I've
2: got a thing for the texture inside the skin of a banana. Have Aye. you ever had like the wee sort of stringy bits stick and you, you get them? Oh, mm-hmm. man. What the fuck is that all about?
1: Supposedly if you smoke a banana peel, it gets you stoned. Ugh. I've heard this before. My pal tried it. Did he get stoned? Nah.
2: Yeah. I don't think I've ever met anybody that got stoned I heard smoking dried banana peel I've I'll, heard
1: that I also know someone in my school I won't, I, won't, <laughs> I won't name him but we all used to smoke fags behind the ice cream van mm-hmm. and this guy was a scaffy bastard right, never bought his own fags right. always fucking pawns in half country. Right? and a bird that I know hated him right, and she was like I'm sick of him constantly asking me for shit, she rolled a one skinner, rolly mm-hmm. hash obviously and instead of tobacco well, I think there was some tobacco in it but she put hamster shite in it and <laughs> gave him the roll up right he was smoking the roll up and she done that there's hamster shite in there and we like we were crying we laughed as he was smoking it right. and he just done that don't give a fuck and he oh, smoked that.
2: Oh, mate fucking hamster shite pellets man in Aye. Fucking
1: the smoke looked weird, man. It was like, see, when the Pope dies, the kind of smoke that comes out the Vatican. Aye. That's the smoke that was coming out this wanskinner. <laughs> oh, mate. What doing, mate?
2: We did, mate. When I worked at McDonald's, there was a guy. So, when you, when I don't know if it's different now, but when I worked at McDonald's, you used to have to do night shifts mm-hmm. to clean the place, and you would be on like, a rotation. So, and it was, you know, very geared towards the men. There wasn't very, they didn't make like the young lassies go and do fucking night shifts, but you were on like a rotation. You had to do like one every eight weeks or something like that. And there was like a group of people that did the night shifts, but then there was like three or four of these that all swapped it. You were like, I said, you did this not like, an eight week rotation. It was this guy, Robert something. He went to my school and it was one of the weird situations that, see, when he went to school, he was a pure victim like people like picked on him, like bullied him and stuff like that. But he was a couple of years younger than me. So I was in sort of second year of uni and he came in as like a sort of 16 year old into McDonald's. I think he was trying to maybe like clean slate. I'll try and be cool. And like, he was still a fucking dick, but he was a pure ponce. Like, Mm. so I've never took as many, so this is a lie, but. Up until that point, I would never took as many drugs as what I did when I worked in fucking McDonald's, mate. Like, the place is rife with them. The guy that owned the place was a drug dealer. Wow. Um, he ended up in the fucking centre, spread his Sunday mail, got caught with 250 grand and 2 million quid worth of heroin and the oh booties fucking God. jag, right? Colin Robertson, his name was. It's like, you could Google it. And then years later, he brought a fucking Chinese to my door as a delivery driver. But he went to jail, did like fucking five years
1: in Berlin. He's a different type of Mr. Junk. <laughs>
2: exactly, mate. He gave me my first Viagra. Oh, wow. He was just pure. Here, big man, you want to try Viagra? And just threw me like a wee fucking two, two tabs. I think we might have spoken about this before. Yes. Deja vu. Um, so we were on a night shift and we knew, we fucking knew, he's going to, as soon as people are rolling joints, he's going to be there pure. He's going to draw that joint. So <laughs> we rolled a joint with tea bags. Oh,
1: wow. Just
2: tobacco like golden virginia and tea bags and we were like ah, robert here we've rolled you your in joint so you don't need to and he was pure oh ha 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 but thanks very much and he was sitting smoking this joint and he was like oh,
1: fuck shit man i'm still doing my fucking
2: <laughs> i don't know if we even told him i don't think we even tell him we were just like and on it he was like that joint was packed man like i'm fucking stoned he's smoking fucking tea bags fucking idiot but placebo effect mate also got a mate Steaming on schleur, do you know what schleur is? No, non alcoholic red wine. Wow, and when we were like 14 or 15, we go one of your mates pure steaming, feeding him cups of Schlur, and he was pure staggering about. Not we were like,
1: That's mad, that's mad, <laughs> I know, mate. Because I've i've felt like that when I've had non alcoholic beers, I'm like, I feel a bit buzzy, man, but I know that it's no booze. Same, so we can butcher, I know, sometimes. I've had a couple of really strong kombuchas and I've found myself like fucking gibbering shit a wee bit. What is kombucha? It's a fermented tea. Right. And it, it is a bit boozy, but you can smell booze off it. But right. Non alcohol.
2: There's no alcohol in it at nae all. No alcohol, or even. Like a small amount, what, a tiny amount.
1: Well, I, f- I think, see, because it's fermented, I don't know the science behind it, but I think there's a t- tiny amount because it's fermented. But right. you could get to a baby. It's like. That's how non alcoholic it is. Right, okay. But if you, I suppose if you left it, like if you left apples, like they ferment uh-huh. and that's cider into it, really. Aye, of
2: course. But do I guess you, like that. Do you like
1: kombucha? I love kombucha. I used to drink it all the time. I thought it was good for you. But I was listening to a, when I was fit, I was listening to a vegan podcast and supposedly it's not that good for you. It's not unhealthy for you. High caffeine? Um, I think there's caffeine, but people drink it for gut health reasons, and right. supposedly it's not that beneficial.
2: Right. So similar to like kimchi and like pickle stuff that's fermented, basically, Aye. and vinegar. Um, that's good for your gut, and yeah. so a similar sort of thing. We we can butcher, but they're like, no, nah, it's not that good for you. Aye, they
1: just found it. But don't get me wrong, it's like to, nice to have one as a treat. It's not bad for you. Right. But people specifically drank it because they thought it was for your no, gut health.
2: The only thing I know about kombucha is the kombucha girl. Aye. You seen that TikTok? Was it a TikTok or a video where the lassie takes a sip of the... Um, maybe bring it up on the screen, but she takes, like, a sip of the kombucha and she's like, Uh, oh, uh, oh. Aye. Uh, the kombucha girl. Aye. Brittany Browsky, her name is. Aye. Our aye. eyes
1: are, like, popping out her head. Uh-huh. I never knew that was kombucha. Right,
2: aye. You know the meme butt? Aye, like, aye. aye,
1: aye. Aye, absolutely. There's Some of the memes with that stuff is amazing, like... Warm Bucky, or that type of shit. Aye.
2: What's next the,
1: the on list. the list?
0: Yeah. Uh... A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up.
1: I got followed him the other night. Right. Bye. um, Glasgow wildlife. To put <laughs> Glasgow it, wildlife, right. To
2: put it lightly. So where well, were well, well you? What was going on?
1: So I was meeting friends for a sober cup of tea and a chinwag. And we went for a McDonald's after it. Got to about 10 o'clock at night. It was really sunny as well, still light. And I was like, I'm going to walk it in, man. I've had a McDonald's feel a wee bit go away going to get a walk mm-hmm. and I, I am hypersensitive to my surroundings, by the way. Right. I don't know if it's a problem, but I I can judge a character instantly. I can walk into a pub and I can feel an energy mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I don't like this. Let's go. I can always sense a sight before it's going to happen. I've always been like that. Mm-hmm. My my mates know me for being like that. Even some stand up comedians, like, there's some uh, stand-up comedians in Scotland that have been outed as fucking sex offenders, right? And ah, be- before that happened, I was like, ah, he's a cunt. Something's no right with him. Everybody's like, ah, don't get me wrong, I never expected that, but
2: I, I was like, you that know guy's something? a cunt. I, I hate him.
1: I'm I'm the same. Hi.
2: and it's it's a symptom of uh, high anxiety and fight or flight, which I lived in, and I think like for well over a decade for the majority of my life but it's something that i've chosen to keep mm-hmm. because um i like that it's, yeah. like it's like that's the sixth sense isn't it like you, you walk by somebody you take a look at their face and you're sort of like i need to watch myself with them Aye. and i think that's a superpower mate but that is a symptom of the fight or flight response like uh colors are more vibrant sound is more you, you're you're basically scanning your surroundings for danger at all times and you start to patterns start to emerge in the brain. So like what you're talking about where these uh stand-up comedians, they'll probably remind you, probably unconscious unconscious, but they'll remind you of somebody mm-hmm. who has proven them. See, when you're younger and you're like shocked that people are bad or they do bad things, then as you get older, you're sort of like, I kind of knew that was going to happen. I, I knew something wasn't right with them. Yeah. It's because you're actually learning through these previous experiences and your fight or flight is sort of like making you hyper aware. That's so it's called, interesting. It's called hyper awareness.
1: Um, that's, yeah. that's cool, by the way. I never knew that. It kind of reminds me of my ma when something happens. She's like, I always knew he was bad. Like mm-hmm. old Scottish grannies kind of say that. It's the same way emotions, mate. I'm hyper. I'm. It's called hyper
2: vigilance. Uh-huh. You're being vigilant. But hyper awareness is like I think if you can learn to bring that down, I think it becomes just hyper awareness. But also makes you really compassionate because you're aware of how somebody's feeling. Like if you ever said something to somebody and you see a look in their face and you're like, Oh fuck man. Do you know what I mean? you, you think about it later, you're like, Fuck oh, man, I really like upset that person. I used to do that constantly. Yeah. So that yes, makes you it makes you compassionate and empathetic. Well... But, like you're saying if there's something going on and you're like "Mm," Mm -hmm. then you're like i need to watch myself here so if somebody's following you fucking home at night you're gonna be like watch what the fuck's coming going what's going to happen here do you know what i mean
1: i have had that with other circumstances i remember my mate phoned us once and straight away i was like what's wrong and he done that i was like what's wrong and his granddaughter was dying he was sick I was like, I knew there was something wrong, man. I could just tell mm-hmm. with the tone of his voice sh- instantly, straight away.
2: Yeah. That can become disordered, such as I've got a friend who told me a story about during during COVID. Every time the phone went and it was his ma, he would almost go into a panic attack. And I was like, what, what were you imagining? I was just imagining they were going to be, I was going to be picking up the phone while your dad's got COVID or something like that, and they're old. So that becomes disordered, different if you wait, right? Like you pick up the phone, you're like, oh, what's this? You don't want to panic and then you hear the tone of the voice and you're like, what's wrong? I know something's wrong. That's, That's good. That's a good use of sort of hypervigilance, but people become hypervigilant about like, what do they think of me? You know, everybody's going to think I'm such and such because I'm wearing, and then it's like, no, no, you're in like a disordered Aye. version of it.
1: Well, Mama's like that with me. Sometimes I phone her. She's like, "What's, what's happened?"
2: Wrong? Aye, and you're just like nothing. I'm fucking
1: be. lying in my farter watching RoboCop. I just thought I'd phone you, Ma. Picking popcorn off your belly. Like <laughs> um, which <what's laughs> happened? Like <laughs> a bad of popcorns in my belly button. <laughs> it's so, weird that you were saying about being hypersensitive to colours and stuff because when straight away I knew that the guy was going to do something. I was at the left-hand side of the street and he was at the right-hand side of the street and I could see him uh, slowly cross the road but it was at a snail pace and he was going in front of me. So I stopped walking. Straight away, I just stopped. And I was like, I know he's going to do something, I know he's going to say something. So as he, that's me, as he was coming there, I stopped and then I crossed. Over the road to walk ahead. Mm-hmm. Maybe a minute later, I just heard, Excuse me, excuse me. And I was like, Here we fucking go. Don't run. I need to get back to government, mate. I need to try and find my son. Is it cool if you give 30 pence for a bus? I was like, I Look, mate, if I had change, I would give you change. But because everything's card, I don't have any change. If you go to 20p, I was like, No, mate, sorry. But he was like, he was very close to me to the point i was like he's getting fucking near me man mm. and that's when i like started to hear traffic started to hear um wind go through the trees like everything cars the colors of cars now that everything became it was like an eki just fucking dropped yeah, like it. something like that uh-huh. and so at first i was scared but then the scaredness turned to like anger, so I was like, "Look, mate, I don't have anything." And he he started to keep walking in the middle of the road, and then traffic was behind him, beating the horns and stuff. In my head, I was like, "Thank fuck, there's traffic there." Mm-hmm. I bought a bottle a a glass bottle of Coca Cola from this ice cream shop in Charlene somewhere, like full fat sugar. I was like looking forward to having a wee treat, so I walked ahead. Grabbed the bottle and I was like, if he comes anywhere near me, he's getting fucking smashed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not looking for trouble, but he's getting smashed if he touches me. Mm-hmm. And I just kept walking and then I turned run. I mean, he was out his mind, like paralytic drunk. So that that softened the scaredness because I felt like I could have probably just pushed him and he would have fell. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But I turned run. <laughs> I mean, it was quite comical as well because one time I turned running and he'd done that like behind a motor, like so, <laughs> so cartoonish, but it was like so silly. Right, he's trying to hide. Like. Aye, but it was like steaming, he was like tripping out his feet and all that. Like, just there was nothing graceful about it. Uh-huh. And then there's a wee cut off to uh, where I stay, I turn left and then I need to go up a path. And I just kind of, at that point, I was full blown. Charlie Bronson, Deathwish. Mm. I hope this cunt touches me because I'm going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And I just stood behind this wall. I was wearing my glasses, so I hope nobody's like, what the fuck is Bobby doing <laughs> hiding behind a wall? <laughs> but I was like stoning and I just waited. I waited for about a minute, two minutes, and he never came. <laughs> but the cunt followed us. So he flat out followed right, me. For, I think, I think I maybe hurt his ego a wee bit because I was just like, I've no got change, mate. And he just was offended. By Aye.
2: It. Well, so I think like if he's been after money, he's realised this can't get any money on him. You're like, I've been using my card all night, mate. I don't have any cash on, me. It's like, you know, he's maybe just went, Oh, there's no money there. Aye. You know what I mean? Um that's the that's one of the most common ones that I've that you hear like, I need to get a bus to go and get my son or my daughter. I mean, pick my daughter up for school and going to get change for the bus. And you're like, you need me on 30p for a fucking bus, mate. Nowadays, you need about fucking 20 quid to go on a bus. But see, like when you were talking there, I was thinking like, well, I've been folied before um, in the same way. And it's super intimidating. Uh-huh. It's You get weirded out by it, man. You're like, this fucking cunt following me, man. Imagine if
1: you were a woman. You t- that's what I was going to say. I phoned a couple of friends, I phoned my mum the next day and I was like, I imagine if I were a young woman, like a 17 year old or something, like how scary would that be? Because I got to, because he was very near my flat as well, by the way, mm-hmm. he was probably about a hundred yards away from my flat, he was not that far away, by the time I got away from him, I got home and got a shower, sitting on the couch with my cup of tea mm-hmm. and I was like. <sighs> Holy shit. Uh, the adrenaline's wearing off then. Aye. Uh, you're starting to be like, fucking hell, man. Aye. Aye, man. Poor lassies, man, in Glasgow, in Scotland. Or You see it yourself, man. See when you're walking in the toon or something? You just see, like, guys staring at women and stuff, and you're like, you know the woman, she knows that people are doing that. Aye, mate. And I they seen... just accept it.
2: I mean, I see that all the time. I, I, see, I go to the gym every day, I see it all the time. It is what it is, but... <laughs> I seen one the other day where I was like, "Fuck me, man!" Like, the lassie must have been no older than like 21, 22, which means that she could have probably been about fucking fifteen or sixteen year old. Do you know what I mean? She was in the pure full gym attire. I think, like, if you're a guy, you're no gonna not gonna know you know you're not gonna not notice that, right? That's part of your instinct, so you accept that. Doesn't mean that you're a fucking pervert, or a paedophile, or whatever, right? she she was in shape right let's just say she was fit but mate there was an old guy man he must have been about fucking 60 year old and he was on one of the benches in sucky hole street and she walked past and he was just staring at her every single fucking step that she walked past him i was like fucking hell and then he looked at me and was like pure oh aye, big man and I was just like, I just didn't even say it. I just didn't even react, man. I was like, mate, that's pretty fucking disgusting. Like, she's not wearing that gear for your attention. She's not wanting you to be fucking pelving on her, mm-hmm. and you're like a fucking mate. He's fuck. He was like, no He's Fucking, he was spinning, trying to fucking just keep I, his eyes on her. It's like, what do you get
1: for that? I it's like. Also, have you never seen a a good looking woman like?
2: Well, I, see, see to be to be. In that regard, an old guy like that, I mean, they never got women like that when they were younger. Nobody was going to the gym. You know what I mean? Like, no no young lassie was cutting about with fucking leggings that are riding up their arse and you can pretty much see everything. You know what I mean? Like, so on that, I understand, like, the the instinctual, like, oh my God, look at her. But then you need to control yourself. Like, one, you're in public. Two, she doesn't want you fucking staring at her. Mm. And then what would compel you to look at another guy and be like, oh, oh aye. Hi. It's like, mate, you know. Expecting what I mean? you to do that. Oh. Exactly, mate. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. This is why I'm a member of this gym, my man. Aye, exactly.
2: <laughs> we're leaving in the gym, mate. We were on Sucky Old Street, just walking down the street. Last oh, time we just God. fucking walking down the street. The gym is a is a different environment. I've had conversations with people in the gym. Um I went up to a guy one time in the gym and was just like, You need to give that a buy because you could see the, the the woman moving from fucking bit to bit in the gym and the guy following her um, and then I, I, the final straw for me was he went up and asked for her number and she was like I'm not interested mate and then he just continued to just stare at her and I was like, there was a PT there um, this was years ago um, in the Cali gym at Cali University and there was a, a guy there and, and I was like looking at him, sigling and you know like being like looking backwards and forwards at the situation and the guy just like walked away She's maybe kind of understandable. It was a big guy, and I just couldn't. I couldn't take it anymore, mate. I just went up to him. I was like, "You need to fucking give that a bye, mate." She's not interested in you, and he was pure. He was like, "Fuck off!" And I was like, "No, I won't fuck off." I was like, "You need to fucking. You're a, that's. Just, you're intimidating her. She's coming here to work out and get fit and healthy, and you're fucking perving on her and what's you're approaching her. And she said, "No, leave her alone." So you need to do, mate. Go on with your fucking workout. And he was pure, oh, fucking, oh, mad fucking, blah, blah, blah. Just like, oh, fuck up, mate. Like What mate, funny. Fuck, I just Good on you, mate. Mate, I just always think, what if that was my sister? Yeah. What if that was my bird? It's happened to my m- mama sees a couple of times, mate. She's one of the mad fucking A-game freaks. Go up and approach her. You know what that is? Pick-up artists. Aye, aye. you like that fucking a d a A-game guy that ended up in the jail. Aye, aye. For, uh. I don't know what...
1: The BBC social did an undercover sting on him and he got done. Absolute arsehole.
2: Right, mate. Guy's a prick. Who used to go to my gym and was the biggest arsehole you would ever meet in your life. All
1: right, big man.
2: Fuck off, mate. I'm in the gym, mate. I don't want to fucking make pals with you. Go away. But obviously he's trying to recruit men, right, for his fucking mad A-game business or whatever. But she'd one of the guys approach her. And it was a... Again, it was at the sort of mid-bit at Sucky Hall Street, see where the Costa coffee is, and he was sitting on a bench, and she was just walking down the street, and he was pure, all right, what's your name? And just that pure balls-out, like, intimidation, basically trying to intimidate women into bed, um. and she ended up getting into the cost of coffee, and she went up to the counter and was basically like, I'm getting followed and harassed by this guy. And he walked into the Costa and he, and the to be fair, like she phoned me, but I was busy. And um to be fair to the Costa Coffee guys, a couple of the guys were basically like, You need to leave. And when he was leaving, he was pure you fucking slut and all that type of stuff, mate. See if she see if I'd have uh, picked up that phone, I'd have uh, murdered that cunt, mate. I'd have uh, broke his fucking neck. Yeah. I'd have just went I think I'd have just ran up and he butted him or something, man. Like, cause when I heard about what had happened i was like raging man i had like rage in my eyes i was like oh my fucking god there's a part of me that's like pure i hope we see that cunt one day and mm-hmm. i'm just like just you move out the road and just be like all right mate how you doing what's your <laughs> name what's your name just following him in the street and just be like you fucking
1: prick people like that need slap though i actually seen a team of them once at the same bit outside the in galleries they hang, they hang about there Aye.
2: between the tesco extra at the Marks and Spencers in the mid bit of Sucky Hill Street in the Donald Jewel, yeah. down to the sort of Apple store, and they just walk up and do an all day, mate. walk up and do an all day, and they wait for women that are by themselves, and they go up, and they introduce themselves, and blah, 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 and they talk their way into these women's beds. Like, I think when you watch the BBC documentary, a lot of the women were like, I felt like I had no choice but to say yes. That, to me, is fucking disgusting, man. Yeah. Like, what what do you gain for that? What do you get for that? Yeah. Like, I want... If I'm going to have sex with a woman, I want to be wanted. Yes. I want them to like me. You know what I mean?
1: Plus, so, sex is not that fucking good, man. Like, that you need to... I would disagree with that. Follow people up the street well, and be
2: a I, fucking not I, 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 I wouldn't resort to what is, you know, like, probably one step away from rape. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think that guy ADA game actually got done for rape because... They had video evidence that he put on his YouTube. A one of the women specifically saying, I, "I, I need you to wear a condom," and then I put like a video of him like taking it off. Yes. So he get done for that.
1: There's a term for that, isn't there? People that lie about wearing condoms. Aye, mate, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm sure there's a term right. for that. It just changed by law recently. Right, that's like illegal. Two or three years ago um, and you can get done. I don't know if it's cut. Cla- I don't know if it's rape, but it is like, you know,
2: serious sexual assault, like Exactly. a form of sexual assault. See so if there's any guy, like, I don't, I don't, I feel compelled to say this. See so if there's any guy that listens to this, that thinks that I'm going to go and watch YouTube thing is to learn how to pick up women. Do you know what you need to do to learn how to pick up women? Be nice, improve your life and actually be attractive. Yeah, You don't need to intimidate women into a, having a one-night stand with you, and what do you get for that anyway, man? Other than, like, a pure hollow sense of, like, I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just fucking weird. A, that's a weird one for me.
1: Maybe that guy that followed me him was trying to A-game me.
2: Really, I like that.
1: Probably. i he's <laughs> <I's> moved in. <laughs> renting a room after me.
2: You got his banger out. Ha,
1: he's hoffin' rent. Right, so I've not really got any kind of... I've not got much more to cover, but since... I'll say something funny, right? I mean, I've got a couple of more things, but we'll we'll fire through it. Russell Brand has started doing cold water therapy.
2: He's been a, t- a while, I'm sure. Has he? Aye. Uh, he, he, R- he did a podcast with Wim Hof.
1: Oh, did he? Right, okay. Uh-huh, so I Sam's seen a video saying... the other night. Right. Oh, my God. What was he doing? Well, I was lying on the couch watching the telly, got distracted by my phone, and I was just like, all my justification of hatred is completely normal. He was just in an ice tub in his garden. Do you not like Russell Brand? I don't like him anymore. <laughs> Cold water therapy's got a lot to play in that. I don't know, I think he's quite dodgy, mate. There's something about him. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a Me Too thing about him. Uh, well, I think
2: he's outed himself on on some of the fronts. Yeah, haven't
1: he? I think he's a very talented actor, very funny comedian, but he's went down this weird. Uh, he's like a diluted version of Jim Carrey, but not. That
2: uh, good. He's been doing this almost messiah complex thing. Yeah. He? He's like Jordan Peterson, but for like hippies.
1: I, and also like CW Alcoholics Anonymous, mm-hmm. that's a free program, right? With 12 steps to help anybody. Mm-hmm. If I'm an alcoholic, I go into that place and get help from a fellow alcoholic. Mm-hmm. When I've improved my life, then I help another alcoholic. Right. Shouldn't it cost you any money? Mm-hmm. Sh- shouldn't it get you charged? Anything It's all free. He's took those 12 steps and he's wrote a book about it. Aye. And he's making money from that. Mm-hmm. So I disagree with that. Aye. Yeah.
2: Um, big time. Ah, he's a recovered addict. Like, I can understand why you're like yeah. why you what was that book called?
1: Can't remember. But
2: it, it, i read it. I remember I read it like maybe twenty nineteen, something like Aye. that. Out, I read it and it was just he just talked about the twelve steps. Yeah. Um I'm not, I mean, I'm a psychologist and psychotherapist, so I feel like I've got, and I help addicts, like, I feel like I've got a, I've got like a sort of point of reference with this. I'm not a big fan of the 12 steps. No. No, because I think it's missing the 13th step. I think there needs to come a point where you stop identifying yourself as an addict and every day doesn't need to be a struggle. You know, it, does that make sense to you? I think that there are, other things, that what I think is is missing is like the evolution of the 12 steps, where they take it to this new like, you you let people leave the baggage behind, because the fear of the addict, why does somebody continue it for the, the rest of their life, is that, well if I don't keep vigilant, then I will go back and it's like I've seen so many people where that's not true. Well they can like go, oh, do you know what? I don't need to like police myself or treat myself like a child in my mind. Uh-huh. I can be like, I'm a fully grown adult and I can do what I like and I have a choice. I'm choosing not to rather than being like, I need to, like all or nothing thinking. Like I need to be sober. I, I need to be, you know, and, and then a lot of people end up with like the coin thing and like they gain the medals. I love it. Um, but a lot of people bullshit their way through that, mate. Like they've got the, you know, nine months clean and they're not. They've relapsed through that, and I'm just like, um, I I think there's, there's something about it, and I also think it's really heavily tied towards Christianity. Yes. And religion, which I'm not a big fan of. Um, Higher power, sense.
1: God of your own understanding. It is. Uh-huh. There's a term in the fellowship uh, called nearly giggled there when you said the fair team step. There's a term in the recovery called the fair team step, and it's right. pretty disgusting. Actually, it's I've had moments of going into recovery and then walking away and stuff. Essentially, a fair team step is when there's a woman that goes into recovery, and in early recovery, when she's struggling and trying to find recovery and trying to get sober there will be men or a woman that will take advantage of them and have sex with them, and it's called the fair team step. So sometimes I've been to meetings and I've heard people say, watch him, he's a fair team stepper. And they'll try to be like, you know, the cold water therapy. Oh, just do the cold water therapy, do this and day that, it'll be cool. Um, I'll pick you up, I'll take you to meetings, I'll drop you off and all that. And it's just awful one goal of taking advantage. That is
2: that is nearly almost every guy on Instagram and out there being like, do this and do that. See when I meet them, and it's just Glasgow centric, I suppose. They're all after their fucking that king mate. Every one of them. There's one in particular, and I won't name him, where I heard a story where he told one of his clients now he's a intuitive he does like readings and you know like he's a bullshitter like ultimately the guy's a fucking liar like you can tell he's lying i've had him in the studio and and i've never shared anything that he's really done so maybe they'll like be able to go and like dig on that but i can tell that he's full a shit it's all pure big smiles and yes you know it's all lies mate i can tell that he's demons man you can fucking tell it yeah um and i heard a story from a, a female friend who um, I met and we were just, I was just like, there's something about this guy that I just can't, I can't get on board with and she was like, I went for a reading and he told me to leave my boyfriend and then asked, did I want to go for a week in a caravan and take mushrooms and I was just pure, wow. I was like, right, okay, so the guy's stick is just taking advantage of vulnerable people, vulnerable women and see is somebody who is like, that is my worst nightmare. See if I did that, right? See if somebody came to me vulnerable with their mental health and I used the the co- the confidence in me and the relationship that I would build through them, with them, through the therapeutic process, to then move it into another thing, which, by the way, I could do very, very easily. I've, I've picked up on that a few times where I'm like, I could take advantage here, but that's me being like, don't fucking dare. Like now's the time to start winding the therapeutic relationship down. It's maybe becoming codependent and transference is happening and all this sort of stuff. Um, especially when people are like hypersexual and had sexual assault in their past and all this sort of stuff, and they tell me their secrets. Um, that's my worst nightmare for myself, it, and it enrages me when I see it happening because I'm like in my head, like, don't ever fucking do that. Yeah. So there's like when i see people like that i'm like i get i get angry at it where i'm just yeah. like i can't but what can what can i do about it do you know what i mean like and uh, as far as i know nobody's made any complaints about the guy but i've heard just a couple of stories where i'm like my red flags are fucking yeah. flying high here because you know it'll come though probably eventually mate, uh, probably mate. i probably it um, will
1: come aye all you can do is just keep being you. Like, I mean, I uh, remember a friend got in touch with me, a beautiful woman, right? Absolutely stunning, like fucking. She looks like a, an angel, stunning. And she told me that she was struggling with alcohol, and uh, she was like, "I want to go to meetings." My first response in my brain was, "She's going to get fucking uh, alive." So I had to phone female friends that were in recovery. I had to say to them this is a horrible conversation, but we know what's going to happen. And um, you need to res- surround yourself with her. You need to take her to female meetings. You need to take her to gay meetings as well, which is safe, which is a, a safe place. Fair team stepping can be that bad that women will go to gay meetings to get recovery uh-huh. and avoid regular meetings. So for the first kind of while of her recovery, she was going to gay places and, and female uh, uh, meetings mm-hmm. and she did say you know when I first spoke to you I thought you did, it was a wee bit of an overreaction but now being in recovery for a year I understand, she's like I totally get it so pretty horrific isn't it
2: aye mate that's fucking, I mean I didn't know that that was the 13th step,
1: yes you know, what I mean? very very common mate, it's heartbreaking there's a lot of things with Bill W as well, I think he I don't know if this is 100% sure, but I think he tried to make a fair team step. He was mad for acid and psychedelic drugs, right. and he said in early recovery that it helped them. I think 100% yep. that's true, mate. And I think he tried to add to that, to the structure, and I mean, that, it That, that could away. be
2: it now, because psychedelics are now being researched, and the, the, the psychedelic centre in early fucking, there's one in London, and what They're popping up everywhere and they're looking at how the holistic healing power of psilocybin, and MDMA and all sorts of stuff that we don't really understand and we'll maybe abused in a sort of party sense. So,
1: Well, um, if they need human guinea pig, pigs, me and Paul will do it.
2: Mate, I'm pretty much a fucking
1: human guinea pig at this point. As long as you don't smoke the shit, uh, like my pal <laughs> Gordon. Imagine
2: that. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. <it to laughs> smoke the roll up. And it was like a fucking DMT hat man and the <laughs> hamster strike took him to like a new fucking plane. He came
1: back pure. Oh, I'm so woke now. like. Or m- imagine like if I was in the swimming one day and I, I seen him for the first time in 15 years. I'm like, hey, mate, you all right? His eyes were all squinting all that. It's never been the same since I smoked that roll up. I- I'm scared of hamsters. I can't, when I hear a squeak, I can't, I cry myself to sleep. <laughs> He's on a permo. Aye, so I think we've done an hour. We'll, aye, we'll wrap up. There's a quick thing that I feel like I just need to say it because it's quite funny. I don't know why I've put it down. I've got Dustin Hoffman and Tootsie or Robin Williams and Mrs Doubtfire. If you had to pump one of them, which one would it be and why? Tootsie. Tootsie aye. Aye.
2: Fucking, okay, and I think that's because have you ever seen, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen, uh, well, first of all, Robin Williams is a gorilla. Yes. So I don't know if, I don't think he was waxing himself. I think he just went for the full gorilla mm-hmm. underneath that suit. But have you ever seen the horror trailer of Mrs. Doubtfire?
1: No. Have you not? I'm going to take a note of that because that sounds amazing. So
2: basically, somebody's like done, took the audio off of the trailer of Mrs. Doubtfire and turned it into a or maybe even just made it like for the footage and have made it. A horror movie, and it's terrifying. Amazing. It's fucking terrifying, mate. So I look at Mrs. Doubtfire like the fucking nanny and Omen now. Wow. And I'm just like, <laughs> Pete,
1: post-traumatic stress. How fucked up is that movie, but? It's very fucked up. If that happened in real life, he'd be in jail. The kids, sectioned.
2: Especially that way in. Yes. Especially the way that it was revealed. <laughs>
1: Aye. I mean, I, I'd i pump Tootsie because Dustin H- Hoffman's a ride in that, right? Sexy as fuck. If I had a come down or a hangover, it would be Mrs. Doubtfire because I'm like, she would be very caring. <laughs> She'd make me a nice dinner. You yeah, a cuddle? Aye, but Tootsie's just a one-night stand. So on that note... Uh, that- <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think though... We'll wrap up the podcast. Paul, thank you very much for for chatting, mate. I do feel like sometimes we go from a comedian doing a podcast to you're just my therapist Mm -hmm. for fucking 40 minutes. People (laughs) seem to
2: enjoy it, mate. People (laughs) seem to enjoy it.
1: Um I just want to give a quick shout out to Mr. Junk, this week's sponsor, Ross. His details will pop up on the screen. If you've got any junk, any rubbish, garden waste, anything that you can't lift, if your granny's too old and she's not got a car, give Mr. Junk a call, he'll turn up at the house and he'll clean it out. Don't worry about it, he'll sort you out. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast, it means a lot. I want to thank everybody that came to Greenock, I know I had a wee moan there, but the gig was amazing, the staff at the Greenock Arts Centre, Beacon Centre was amazing, so if you're listening to this podcast, I know a lot of people message me and say it's a good podcast. But if you could like it, review it, and like subscribe on YouTube. It's keeping us alive. And see if you're in a WhatsApp group with your mates and stuff, fucking send the link in and just say it's a good podcast. Your support means a lot. I love you very much. And I'm gonna go and watch Tootsie and have a wank. Ah ruined another podcast.